As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented in part by Portatree. Hopefully many of you participated in the off-season practice tree challenge. Portatree's support of the challenge has been tremendous. They are the go-to for all of your practice tree needs. Use promo code SPRING10 for 10% off. In addition, today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're an open-minded racer with a desire to improve on the track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can provide the tools to help you do so. And it's all that we know, it's the way you're Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in Sportsman Drag Racing and the stars within it. This week on What Everyone Is Talking About. Big Jed. This is March. Yes, Luke. <laughs> this is our time. This is our time, sort of. Podcast bracket. We'll, we'll lead the show with this for a second consecutive week. It's gotten everybody's attention. We have the racing bad beat bracket. We're not talking NCAA tournament, but we have tied it to the NCAA tournament. If you have missed the last couple of episodes, basically we've assigned each team in the tournament, certainly from the Sweet 16 on, with a bad beat story if the team advances the bad beat advances and we've had some fun with this and we could continue gas bagging about it today big jed but we have been one up yes and so what we're gonna do for the next two minutes is we're gonna shut up and we're gonna let pj take over so here is the update as we head to the final four of the podcast bracket and the bad beats courtesy of PJ North. Welcome everybody 
It's March Madness here at the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. And we're down to the final four of the Bad Beat Bracket. Coming from the South, it's the number 11 seed, Loyola Chicago Ramblers. Better known as Lost to the Winner Guy. Look, man, I've lost to the winner. So technically, if I beat him, I'm fixing to win the race. The number 11 seed Loyola will take on the team representing the West, number three, Michigan Wolverines. Better known as Perfect Car Guy. My car varied like six now all day, from runs five to eight. Now, of course, the first run was too slow, and that last run was a quick. But other than that, my car was perfect. As we flip the brackets, it's time for the number one seat out of the East, Villanova, or as we know him as, What About Me Guy. Look, man, you wouldn't believe this. My car was so good all day. I just, you know, the guy's out there, he throws 10 total at me. Look, that's all well and good, but what about me? The guy's five total and I'm seven total behind. What about me? It's a tough matchup for Villanova as they get the number one seed out of the Midwest, the Kansas Jayhawks, more commonly known as Perfect Guy. Look, man, you gotta look at all my tickets, man. I was perfect like four times in a row. Dude, those tickets are from like four different tracks, but I was perfect everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Touch them all, PJ. Oh, <laughs> That's a home PJ. run, brother. <laughs> yeah, what you just listened to, faithful listeners of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, that is what a professional lyricist sounds like. In contradiction to what you normally hear on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, PJ. awesome. PJ that keep was- that. Fantastic. And and honestly, that will probably save us 15 minutes of wasting everybody's time and going through <laughs> our takes on the bad beat bracket and those games. We're down to four. It's going to be awesome. Obviously, we'll, we'll, I don't know how we're going to top that, Big Jed, but we're going to have to come up with something next week when we crown the, the national champion and the winner of the bad beat bracket. And we're real quick. I know we don't want to talk much basketball. This is a racing show, but what does your bracket look like? I got three of the final four. I don't. I had a really good chance. Going into Sunday, I felt really good about the possibility of winning the little the bracket sweepstakes that I'm involved in. But when Grayson Allen's shot hit every corner of the rim and didn't (laughs) fall, my bracket hopes went with it. So that was the end of Luke. I'm 40 and 19 so far, and I have already sealed the win in uh, my company in my little store brackets. So. so when you say you had three of the four, I'm assuming you didn't have Loyola. So you had I did not have Loyola. Kansas and Michigan in the final four. Yes. Briefly on the podcast bracket, and we won't spend too much time on this, but I just do want to say an ode, an RIP of sorts to not some of my favorite teams, like whatever, right? Some of my favorite bad beats. So we only got to talk about Tower Power Guy for one week. That was one that that Ryan Pachaki brought to us just last week. We attached it to K-State, and they made a nice little run. They knocked off Kentucky. Couldn't get past Loyola, but man, I'm going to miss talking about Tower Power Guy. Yeah, Tower Power Guy will be missed. He you know, obviously Kansas State was representing him, as you mentioned. You talked about them knocking off Kentucky, which was exaggeration guy. And exaggeration guy is the guy we all try to avoid 
at the track. So he will not be missed. He's missed for entertainment purposes, but if he were to really go away, nah, not missed at all. Another one that we only got to talk about for one week. This was from Todd Berry. This was so good. And it really, when I think about it, like it's not really even a bad beat story. It's just so freaking funny. We had to include it. It's turn back time guy. Because we've only said it once, that's the guy that says, yeah, man, I realized I was only spotting your 400s, but I saw you turn it red. And I thought, oh, what the heck? I'll just go now. <laughs> As you're looking at the time slip where you're seventh thou red and he's like thirty two thou red and you realize that you were absolutely moving at the same time. Yeah, they left at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that um, was attached to Florida State. Florida State went down in the Elite Eight. No more turn back time guy. And West Virginia is gone and they were representing Belittle the opponent guy. I think you all remember him, but He's the guy that says, if my opponent knew anything about what he was supposed to do on the racetrack, I would have won. I mean, I was slightly in front. He was supposed to drop. I dropped, got sixth out behind, but he should have dropped because he was clearly behind. Guy don't know what he's doing, and that's why he beat me. Hey, man, congratulations. You did a really good job. But you and I both know that if you do what you're supposed to do, I win that race. <laughs> Be little the opponent guy will be dearly missed. That is one of my favorites. Got to speaking of favorites, the favorite going forward, it's got to be what about me guy, right? Yeah, what about me guy probably is the favorite. So yeah. All right, enough of the brackets, enough of the podcast bracket. We'll tie that up in a neat little bow next week. I hope you guys have enjoyed that as much as we have this week. We got a big show on tap, Big Jed. We got JJ. Yeah, man, we got JJ's top 10 uh, debut tonight. Uh Uh, It's going to be a good time. He's been working on his list, got it all put together. So really excited to have him on. And, you know, we got obviously what's on tap. We got some things happening we need to talk about there. And we're going to close it out with a final thought from you, Luke. Yeah, yeah, that'll be somewhat entertaining. But first... (laughs) Let's talk some racing for the weekend, and what better way to lead into that discussion than with our weekly segment, the Siebert Performance, Who's Hot in the World of Drag Racing? He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. Siebert Performance, Who's Hot? Siebert Performance will be running an income tax sale this year. If you buy a 4150 or Dominator carburetor, you will receive a billet carb spacer for free. Take advantage of the tax time sale from now until the end of March. Don't forget Siebert Performance for all of your engine and carburetor needs. Look them up on Facebook or call 785-286-6813. Luke, we got us a hot driver this week and a little different. We're going to somebody that's been hitting the bottom bulb the last couple of weeks with a lot of success. This has got you fired up, Big Jed. This is right up yeah. your alley. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up. Podcast listeners, long-time listeners, will recall that it was about a year ago we told you that Caleb Ellison would be the next big thing. We had him on the show. Mm-hmm. The, the day has come. He has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he hadn't already. A week ago, fire. we mentioned Caleb. He was runner-up at Virginia Motorsports Park at the Loose Rocker event in a $15,000 to win bottom bulb event. Runner up to Devin Dudley, correct? He did. And at that time, he was driving the, the family Mustang, correct? Yes. The one he shares with his brother, Edmund. That's correct. 
fast forward one week, move what southwest by a thousand miles, probably close to it's it. It's a long, got to be a long <laughs> way from Ohio and, to um, Port Mississippi. And go to a uh, few generations later Mustang that we assume had never driven prior to the weekend. Mm-hmm. Another $15,000 final. This one, victory at the Footbrake 150 in Gulfport, Mississippi. Caleb, at the wheel of Lucas Walker's Mustang. It's what, eight, seven, eight-day span there, Dick Jed? Yeah, a heck of a seven- or eight-day span for him. And, and just with all due respect to Lucas, that he calls that his wife Shelby's Mustang. So, uh, we Yeah, will, I, I got to be careful. Sorry, Shelby. We will say that's hers. Uh, but nonetheless, Lucas was the car owner. Had a great weekend himself. But Caleb... I mean, two weeks in a row, 15K finals, foot breaking. That is extremely difficult to do. The distance in which he had to travel to do it, getting in two different cars, going to Gulfport Dragway for the first time probably in his life. I mean, just a heck of a performance. Uh, He's super hot, and congratulations, Caleb. The next big thing for those two finals back-to-back weekends. That's uh, that's pretty strong, my friend. Yeah, and just... Seeing Caleb from a distance is impressive enough. I watch what he does on the practice tree. I'll give a quick shout out. Caleb is a member of This Is Bracket Racing Elite, even though we can't take much, if any, credit for his success. Like he was awesome <laughs> before he joined Elite. He's only in Elite because he won a membership in one of our off-season practice tree challenges. He's been with us for less than a month, but I'll still take a little bit of credit. But <laughs> what I was getting at is that we get to see his practice tree routine on an almost daily basis. Dude, this ain't no fluke when he rings it up on the racetrack. I've never seen anybody hit the bottom like Caleb Ellison hits the bottom. Unbelievable. Yeah, very talented young man and uh, puts up good results always. His big brother's talented. And mm-hmm. again, like we said, Lucas Walker, you know, he had a heck of a weekend himself. He was the car owner for this deal, but uh, Lucas would definitely be honorable mention right now for, he went to three finals, I guess, in his weekend at Gulfport. And, being the car owner for the 15K winner. So honorable mention out to you, Lucas. But Caleb Ellison, congrats, man. Super performance, who's hot this week, and you are on fire, young man. No doubt, Big Jed. Let's skip to Gulfport since we were talking about Caleb, since we were talking about Lucas. What else stood out to you from the Footbreak 150? Looked like a great event, uh, Luke. I, I was really wanting to be there, but the motorhome didn't get done in time, so it was just going to be a, a trip very difficult but cody barnhart won the gambler's race last year at the footbreak 150 it comes back out this year and wins the gambler's race and uh, i think it's the the story of the weekend for me because uh his dad dennis has had some health challenges getting through them very well very happy to report that and uh, cody was a huge part of that recovery for dennis very tight family Great father-son team, and it was great to see Cody come right out and get that gambler's race win with his dad back at the track with him after uh, some health challenges. So that's uh, what stood out to me the most. Yeah, for sure. Awesome stuff there. Uh, And like you mentioned, Lucas Walker, these were all, I think, 
gambler's races of some sorts, but was in three finals over the course of the weekend. A win in the, I think this is cool, like the coolest name for a shootout race that I've ever seen. The, I don't know, the out the gate race. That's a, that's a thing <laughs> yeah. too. And it, even, we've been over this before, but that's not the out of the gate race. That's the out the gate race. <laughs> we got another one of those this weekend. It was one by Jay Landry, by the way. But uh, Lucas's, uh, when I was referring to, was in the no guts, no glory race. Yeah, the no guts, no glory. Um, sorry, Luke, I didn't mean to talk over you. There, no, I was but, just uh, about to ask you, what is the no guts, no glory race? You know, it was a five hundred dollar to enter. A shootout would take up to sixteen. I don't think they quite filled it, but it was still a great payday for Lucas, and I'm sure some tough competitors. And it was a winner take all type deal. So uh, Lucas come right out there and got that uh, no guts, no glory shootout win. He won another thirty two car shootout, and back that up i guess a little short of 16 and then the third two car shootout and then they had a couple of more shootouts where uh, gerald bro won as you mentioned my old buddy jay landry got the win in the out the gate race and one thing was in the notes that i thought was pretty cool because we all know this guy as a top bulber and he's been around for a long time getting back into racing but the bt best package benefit challenge where they had a deal where uh, they could enter and the, the best package was going to win a BT transmission. Our buddy Tommy Castaneda got that done. That was really cool to see Tommy out there hitting the bottom at Gulfport. Yeah, for sure. Back to the no guts, no glory race. Like, I actually think I could one-up Galen on this. If we ever put together something like this at the Summer Door Car Shootout, it'd just be the baller race. Ballers only. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good name for it. I just the ballers. I would see that coming up. And, of course, we talked about Caleb Ellison, uh, Seaver Performance, who's hot, getting a 15K win. Robbie Mullins got that 15K win on Sunday over my buddy Jake Howard. Jake coming fresh off of getting married to uh, the lovely Michelle and then goes down there and gets him a 15K runner-up. So pretty good weekend for him. Looked like Galen put on another great race there at Gulfport. Uh, yeah, I saw that he had a little announcement for the 2019 version of the Footbreak 150, saying that in 2019, racers will get two entries for the low price of $349 weekend entries, two entries for $349. Also, the buyback on the second entry will be reduced to just 50 bucks. So, Galen, already being proactive, getting ahead of the game, making big announcements for next year's event, which I assume will once again return to Gulfport. Jed, from the race that happened in Gulfport to the race that didn't happen in Rockingham, my understanding is the the race in Rockingham got postponed due to snow? Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's, they had, that, uh, that's not conducive for racing. No, they had some uh, serious weather challenges there, and Tony <laughs> Saracini made a, made a really good decision as early as he can. Actually, I think people had already gotten to the track, but it was just one of those deals where the weather turned goofy. You know, it looked like it might be a little chilly or whatever, and I think it just turned goofy last minute, and he had to make the call. But, you know, I've seen some some footage, some pictures from over in there, and there's quite a bit of snow in that area. So good call by Tony. That wouldn't have worked out very well. No, no. I mean, I always think it's a tough break when you hit weather, but whew, it's not too often you get snowed out. That's, uh, that's a rough one. <laughs> I'm sure that they'll regroup and reschedule that at some point. King of the Spring, Huntsville Dragway. I believe Big Red made an appearance. Big Red was there at the King of the Spring. She didn't last long. Uh, had some weather challenges themselves. A little bit of rain come in on uh, Friday evening. Hold up, hold up, hold up. As interested as I am in hearing about your weekend, Big Jed, all I really care about 
was there a Sportsman Drag Racing podcast sticker on Big Red? <laughs> there is not, uh, mm. but there's no stickers on there currently. I'm still laying out my sticker plan. I don't care about uh, any other stickers. Well, it, while you're talking about it, that's a very good time <laughs> to discuss it. I'm trying to find somebody that can draw this sticker out and make it, and I haven't found them yet. Oh, if okay. you've got somebody, go. if you've got somebody, we need to get it made. Send me the bill, and let's get this thing going. But I've been turned down a couple of times from a couple of my go-tos, and I need a little help with that decal. Listeners, you're going to have to help us out because if this doesn't happen in short order, there's going to be a penalty involved. I have no idea what that will be, but we don't don't make us don't well, <laughs> Jed, don't make me brainstorm about this. Y'all help him out, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I will deserve whatever penalty comes along with it because I'm struggling to get that done. But anyway, <laughs> anyhow, pro- proceed. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the race, and I had some weather challenges. They ended up with a 10-grander on Friday that finished Saturday morning, decided with some more rain coming to make the Saturday-Sunday race uh, combined 10-granders for 20 grand. Obviously, if he's there, he's got a shot. Johnny Ezel collected the win in the first 10K, uh, beat uh, Mara Williamson, young lady from the Knoxville area, but Ezel showing out once again. Shouts to Johnny Brackett Racer. Johnny, if you're listening, you definitely had an argument for the Super Performance Who's Hot Award, but we can't give you that award every time that you leave the shop. We got to spread it around <laughs> a little bit. So congrats, Johnny. Yeah, and he wasn't hitting the bottom. He's letting go of a button, and his car was, you know, doing what it's supposed to do. So I, mean, I forgot. Yeah, in Jed's world, that don't even count. So yeah, obviously, if go. somebody's foot breaking and they're they're winning that kind of race, and it's it's well deserved. But they the twenty grander did finish up. Uh, sometime Sunday afternoon, and uh, our buddy Todd Sensony got that win over Jimmy Mott in about the coolest 540 Chevy 2 wagon you have uh, ever seen. It's uh, She's a little rough looking on the eye because he hasn't put the paint to it yet, but the inside of it is immaculate, and this is a very well-built hot rod. Really cool ride for Jimmy Mott there, but Todd Sensony didn't care as he went to his <laughs> behind and got him a $20,000 payday. Yeah, yeah, and Sensony, uh, is bad news anywhere, but he seems to uh, to perform particularly well at Huntsville Dragway in that car. Real quick, they had a huge crowd, too. Uh, people come to those events in droves. Uh, I think they had like 275 or something for that 20-grander. Wow. You know, so big crowd there for Bones and Andy and, and the folks at Huntsville Dragway. So appreciate them putting on good races and looking forward to many more. Now, I'm sure you're ready to move on. My apologies. Well, the only other event I think that we had on the docket was the NHRA Division 4 event. It's actually the second Division 4 event of the season. It's funny that I was talking with uh, a buddy of mine that runs in Division 5, and their schedule this year starts really late in reference to years past. I think the first Division 5 race is in mid-June at Denver. By that time, Division 4 will have like four or five events in the books. It's pretty Mm. wild. Yeah, it's a little different. Second event for the Division Four gang for the good guys down in Houston. We got Kevin McKenna on the board, Aaron Stanfield, Team Kevin, runner up in top dragster, I believe. And mm. Baby Gap come through for me. Little Baby mm. Gap. Little Baby Gap. Yep. Slate Cummings with the win in stock for Team Luke. Yeah. I don't see me on the list anywhere. I, I I'll be honest, I didn't keep up with the Division Four event. I had a busy weekend, but as I'm looking at the show notes, I don't see any Team Jed, so we'll just uh, 
I guess we'll cover Team Luke again this week. And <laughs> Mark's have all right the glory. Now, I would have listed you if you had any winners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you a lot, Mark. I, I see that. That really jumped out to me from Houston was another family affair. Uh, always cool when this comes together. This yeah. time it was the Colliers in Supercomp, and it was Coy, that's son, over Steve, that's dad. In the Super Comp final, Steve Collier was 1,000 red in the final. And um, just, again, didn't, haven't talked to Steve, didn't like watch this in live time, just saw the numbers. I'm just going to say that Steve was very upset that he turned it red and disgustedly idled down the track to like a 10-something elapsed time <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> as his boy lit the wind light. And, and I thought this was funny because we talked about – we actually talked about this a few times this season with the Skillmans getting close, uh, the Torres brothers running in the final at Pomona, and the Galitti father-son team, Chris and his boy, running in the final at Prescott for – or Prescott, excuse me, uh, yes. a 10-grander. Now, in that one, Chris got the better of – his son. Is that Corey? I'm sorry. Corey, yeah. But yeah. Okay. And Corey was actually telling me at Reynolds that it was a really tight race. I think he said he said it was like ten take ten to be one thou under. So it was decided by a thousandth. This one also decided by a thousandth, but on the front end of the racetrack, as Steve goes red, Daddy goes red this time. So in the battle of father son, we've got Corey knocking out dad. Got dad knocking out Corey. So I know those two don't live too awful far from each other. I'm, I'm sure they're, they're familiar with one another. I got to say just by, what is that, like the law of transference? Coy has one up on Corey. Is that fair? I would say that's very fair. That does that Is that reaching a little bit too far? No, no. I think it's as accurate as it gets. Okay, yeah. Well, son whipping up on daddy. So, Steve, get up <laughs> on the wheel, man. Roll the thou in, one of the two. <laughs> All right, Big J, we got some fun stuff coming. We got JJ coming. We're gonna we're holding that out to last because that's the only way we know to make you guys listen to the whole show. JJ <laughs> is coming, and uh, and some closing thoughts as well. But before we get to that, Jed, let's pay a couple bills. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available. Subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. We mentioned Portatree earlier in the show. I use their Eliminator Next Gen Practice Tree myself, along with the Portatree Mini, their tabletop tree. The Next Gen is Portatree's newest, most realistic tree, and it's by far the most well-designed and well-thought-out practice product that I've seen. It's got a ton of features, but two really stand out to me. First, it allows me to save up to 15 unique user setups, so I can switch it from one car to another, from my dragster on a full tree to my Vega on the bottom bulb, all with the touch of a button. All of my settings are saved. Plus, the stats log is like a virtual logbook that really lets me analyze my progress from one session to the next over time. In short, I love it. I think you'll love it too. You can check it out at portatree.com. And again, when you order it, don't forget to use promo code SPRING10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. 
It's that time again with the little golden voice of drag racing, JJ Pennington. Oh, he it like it's, it's time for JJ's Top That's 10. It's time for JJ's. I'm the sharp eye. Top 10. He's the Seven takes. Top 10. No good. It's time for JJ's Top 10. It's JJ's Top 10 with JJ Pennington here on the Sports Drag racing podcast with Luke and Jen. All right, Luke. This is uh, we we talked about it a little bit. This is an uh, exciting time for me, and, and you seem pretty jacked about it yourself. But it is time for our first installment of JJ's Top Ten. He is uh, our official Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast correspondent. We gave him that name earlier in the month, and uh, very excited to have JJ Pennington. On the podcast with JJ, how you doing tonight, bud? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I've been sitting on my laptop watching YouTube, and that's basically been my whole day. <laughs> sitting at home doing nothing since I'm on spring break this week. But um, yeah, that's about it. Nice, nice. Yeah, he's spring breaking this week, having a good time. JJ, man, I am fired up to have you on here. And I want to quick give another shout out to PJ North. He's showing out this show. Those are two new drops that you guys heard from the final four. And for JJ's top 10 segment, PJ knocking it out of the park, big guy. Have you heard that, JJ? Had you heard that prior to us playing I it right have. there? <laughs> I have. Yeah, you like it? I love it. Awesome. <laughs> me too man and i love having you on yeah. so big jed just for our listeners that may have missed jj's introduction to uh to this segment back a month or so ago bring us up to speed a little bit what are we doing here all right so each month and we'll we'll do it at the end of the month so we'll give him time to collect his data but jj's going to pick his top five top bulbers of the month and his top five bottom bulbers of the month you know we didn't have a ton of racing in march but there was still plenty so i can see this is going to get more and more difficult as the racing action increases across the country it was already a little bit of a challenge for us to go try to find everybody that has collected some wins or or late round finishes this year but JJ's put his list together. He's got some notes about what they've accomplished and really excited to get his top five in each category. And I think uh, best to kind of count us down this top five list, bud, from number five to number one. We'll, we'll go with the number five position in each category. Or actually, we'll do top bulb and then we'll do bottom bulb. So, Luke and Mark, if y'all are good with that, then uh, we're going to get started with it. It's JJ's world, baby. We're just living in it. All right. That sounds real good. That's just a lot <laughs> like home then. So, JJ, <laughs> let's get that top five, top bulb list for the month of March. This is JJ's first official top five list for top bulb. Very excited. Let's count them down for him, big guy. All right. At number five, we're going to have Jason Weaver. He won a 15 grander earlier this month or somewhere in the middle of the month. Uh, he had a really good performance in that race, winning the 15-grander. Um, pretty sure it was a pretty decent field, probably not like huge field, but it was probably a pretty big field, and that's a good accomplishment for to win a 15K and as big of a field as he did it in. Uh, number four, we're going to have Todd Sensony. He won a 20-grander on Sunday at the Huntsville Engine 310-granders, uh, Todd Ewing. And Andy Anderson's race in Huntsville. King of the Spring. Huntsville Dragway. 
Yeah, that was the um, king of the spring race, Luke. As you mentioned, JJ got uh, some announcing action in. We would do a little Facebook live action, too. So JJ was familiar with Todd and how dominant he was. So he had to make his list. He watched that one in person. Crushed it. Number three will be Jeffrey Dobbins. He won a 50 grander earlier yes, this he month. Did. Um, that's a big accomplishment, 50 grander. Mostly anytime you win 10 grand or more, it's a, it's a pretty big accomplishment. That tells that you're worthy of winning big money bracket races like that. If it's ten grand or more, even a five grander, that's a big accomplishment for most people and a lot of people. Uh, Lane Dickin will be number two. He won a 100k race. That's a lot of money. That's a big payday. Uh, 100k. Mm, yes, it is. him at number two. That's a big accomplishment. Uh, number one, that'll be uh, Scotty Richardson. Old Scotty. Um. He's won three to four races already this month, and we have just kicked off the racing season. So that should give everybody a little bit of a of a point about how dominant he is going to be this season, uh, and they need to watch out for him if they're hitting the top. Yeah, so as we were going through these results, obviously Lane Dickin collected the largest payday, but J.J. felt that, that Scotty's multiple wins – put him in position to be number one, although had, he hasn't netted as many probably dollars as Lane netted, but Scotty uh, showing multiple wins already in the month uh, put him at the top spot for J.J. He, he had a hard time trying to figure out who he wanted to be number one, but he felt like those multiple wins put him put Scotty on the top. I think it's hard to argue with that. As we said last week, Scotty's back, Scotty's back, Scotty's back, Scotty's back. Sorry, I couldn't resist. I know it's yeah. just a segment. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I, I, I really enjoyed that. Okay. It, it's all right. So that was JJ's top five top bulbers. Some well-deserved mentions there for those guys from five to one. Some great performances. Now, let's get on over to the real racing. Let's get on over to some bottom bulb action right here. All right. Uh, number five is going to be Cole Castile. He drove 12 hours from North Dakota to Oklahoma. Shout out. And won a 10 grander. That's a long drive. That's half a day and goes <laughs> and wins a 10 grander. That is, that's crazy. Shout out, Cole Castile. Shout out, Crosby, North Dakota. Okay. You know how long 12 hours is because you sat on the couch that long today and played video <laughs> games. So I you did. Know exactly. That's a long I did. 12 hours. That's a long time. Number four, that's going to be Lucas Walker, my man, on the bottom. Uh, he won an 8K shootout and then run it up in the ghost race and then won both shootouts at the foot break 150. So um, he's he's going to be dominant this season, too. Robbie Mullins, he'll be third. He won a 15-grander. Can't remember what track it was at, but he won a 15-grander this month. Um, that was at uh, that was at Gulfport. That was the same race. At Gulfport, Lucas okay. At. And, and Gulfport. J.J. felt like... Robbie was deserving of being on the list after we talked about it because I think that was probably Robbie's largest win to date in the footbreak category. He runs down on the Gulf Coast a lot, and he uh, obviously had a major accomplishment day for him there on the 15K Sunday at Gulfport. So J.J. felt like Robbie having accomplished that for the first time, he, uh, he was deserving of being on the list, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and um, number two, this was a shocker probably to a lot of people. Caleb Ellison, now he wins a lot of footbreak races. It's not a shocker that he won, no doubt. But he won a 15-grander in a car he had never driven before 
as we know of. Never driven the car, goes to Gulfport, Mississippi, and takes home a $15,000 check. That's, yeah, that's, that's that's big. That's huge, and we actually talked about him uh, running up a 15K to your number one driver that you're going to talk about in just a second. So Caleb had a, a great month as well, and he was our secret performance who's hot tonight. You missed that segment, but he has had a great two weeks for sure. This next guy had a really good weekend that you're going to talk about. All right, number one, it's a guy that deserves it very much. He races at a lot of footbrake races. Um, he races at our footbrake races, World Footbrake Challenge in Bristol, Tennessee in July, Southern Footbrake Challenge. I think he might have been there once or twice. Nice before. plug. Either way, it doesn't even matter. That was a great yeah. plug. But, yeah, he won a 15 grander, and then the very next day he rounded up a 5 grander. That's a big payday, 15K, and then added on to probably a little over one to $2,000 the very next day. So that's that's a good payday right there. That was a heck of a good payday for him. A great two-day span. He beat Caleb Ellison that we talked about in the final. So right. Caleb definitely was deserving of being up there in the top one or two. But Devin, uh, probably his first race out. I wouldn't probably. I think it was definitely his first race out of the year. He comes out, wins 15 grander in a very large field, and then gets the runner up the next day in a five grander in a very large and difficult field. So JJ moved Devin to the top of his list. Yeah, and um, he was very deserving of that. I'd like to take maybe a minute or two to name out some honorable mentions in each class. Uh, for foot break, some honorable mentions. Richard Alford, he's dominant all the time. It doesn't matter what race he's at, what track he's at. He's always dominant. Definitely an honorable mention for foot break. And one for top ball, Johnny Ezel. He won a 10-grander at the... King of the Spring race, he won on Friday's race. He won a 10-grander there. Had a great performance all day Friday and then carried that over into Saturday morning when they completed the rest of the race. I mean, just all-out great performance. He was going to be triple zero one run, bumped at 10 red. So that should tell you what he's going to do this season. A million-dollar winner, he might go two in a row. You never know. He's, he's that dominant. Yeah, and uh, he... For this race, it was late February, but I got to talk about this. Ezel comes out. They run two races and one night at Montgomery, and he just barely missed time this. Late February, probably, it was probably like the 27th or 28th, right in that area. Of, so it was, it was real close to March, and he just barely missed time it to win two races on the same so, night. <laughs> I'm so glad you, you clarified that, JJ, because I was <laughs> like, hey, man, he's, he's always won three races, but, I'm, but I'm it's in the month of March. I'm not trying to get on him. I'm not trying No, it's the month of I'm March. That's, to... that's how you're breaking it up. I understand now. I'm glad you explained. Right. Yeah, he just missed the, the March, so this was a, a very close miss for him. But it, it, it pained J.J. Ezel's his man. He <laughs> he wanted him to be on the list, but he just didn't quite get there in March, although he still raced very and well. I, I'm not trying to get on Ezel. I mean, I'm just saying that he's barely missed time. That just maybe a few days later, if they could have called that race off for a few days, I'm sure he would have been very happy to win those two races and then get on the list. JJ, you can, you can call out Johnny Brackett racers if you, if you want. Britt does it all the time. <laughs> yeah, Britt Cummings. <laughs> Britt Cummings is still getting on him. 
<laughs> we we like to get after Johnny a little bit, but JJ, you uh, you know, it's your first time out. You got some honorable mentions. You had a very solid top five in each category. It was really cool to hear you break it down, what they've accomplished, and we talked about some of the reasons that they made the list. But you know, I'm looking at you across my bedroom right now, and you're you're fast talking a little bit tonight, and you seem like you're just a touch nervous. Was you a little nervous tonight? Just maybe a little bit. Well, I mean, it was my first installment, so, you know, I mean, I know I made a couple of mistakes, not, like, remembering the names of the races or knowing where they were at and maybe missing just a few words, just a few, barely, like, maybe two or three, but that's all, yeah, I mean, it was, it was my first installment, so just a little bit nervous, but I'll do better next time. Well, J.J., Father knows best because he could pick up on things like this. But from this end of the conversation, I couldn't tell you he was nervous at all. I thought you knocked it out of the park, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. Yes, yeah, yeah, J.J., it was great having you, bud. It was hey, an awesome bef- segment. Before ahead, we let you go, J.J., you realize now the, the bounty that you have placed on – Scotty Richardson and and Devin Dudley, namely, as the inaugural, you know, number ones of JJ's top ten. Like, yeah. have you thought at all about the the pressure that the the burden that you're placing on these guys' shoulders as they, as they head into the month of April? Do you think they'll be able to overcome that? I mean, it might be a little bit of a bounty, but if Scotty <laughs> keeps up his performance, he'll he'll be sitting on the list whether he's number one, <laughs> two, three, four, or five. He'll be on the list most likely every month. I got a feeling if and when Scotty Richardson listens to this, he might get just a little bit shook. But then the next morning, he's probably going to wake up and realize that he's Scotty Richardson. So I I imagine he'll deal with it just fine. (laughs) He might realize that he's got a big mountain or he's carrying the weight of Super Pro on his shoulders and he's got a big bounty on his back. And he'll probably wake up the next morning and forget about the whole thing, not even remember what what was going on about it and he'll realize oh yeah i'm scotty richardson i'll, I'll be on there <laughs> most likely every month well the the good thing about it is uh, next month everybody else gets an opportunity and there's going to be more racing right. so if scotty or whoever makes the list again we're going to know they had a heck of a month in april they're going we're going to know that they're going to have a heck of a year in period in general that's right. Well, bud, thank you so much. It's been awesome having you for JJ's Top Ten. Can't wait to hear this uh, play out on the podcast when I get to listen back to it and hear PJ's awesome drop for you. That was really cool. Were you doing some of your catchphrases? And really excited to have you going forward and looking forward to April. Top five in each category being just that much better. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be a lot more better performances in the next one there's gonna be a lot more wins a lot bigger paychecks most likely and um so yeah um, there's gonna be a lot there might be a few different people in there but there's also going to be a few of the same people so um yep yeah yeah. we'll see how it plays out between now and your next segment jj we're gonna have a winner of the powerball on the top bulb we're going to have a winner of the spring fling million you're going to have a lot to parse and digest oh, wow. there yeah april's going to be a good one man i, I look for i can't wait i wish it was coming next week <laughs> yeah. me too we're looking forward to it jj thanks bud been a great time having you and look forward to april's installment of jj's top 10 
Thank you for having me. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! All right, guys, big news from the folks at AHRA. The Grand American Index Shootout is coming to Jeffers Motorsports Park in Missouri on June the 9th. It's featuring four different indexes, all on the eighth mile, all on a five-tenths full tree, and it's indexes of 745, 725, 7 flat, and 670. It's paying $1,000 to win and 500 runner-up in each index category. It's heads up, no throttle stops. Check out the AHRA on Facebook or at www.aharaonline.com for more information. I think we'll keep this segment short and sweet this week. It is Easter weekend coming up. By the way, that was a, a public service announcement for you husbands out there. It's Easter weekend. Just That's right. keep that in mind. The only race that jumped out on us, the schedule, was the, the rescheduling of the Southern Big Bucks Nationals. We talked about that several times over the course of the last couple of months here on the podcast. was originally scheduled for February down at No Problem Raceway in Belle Rose, Louisiana. They had some rain that weekend. I think it was uh, – I think Johnny and Cody had actually postponed that well in advance, seeing what was coming, and moved it yeah. back to Easter weekend with – a condensed schedule so all of the racing will actually take place down there friday and saturday let everybody get home in time for easter so it's really the only thing on the schedule for this weekend everything will kind of ramp back up next week as we get into april in full effect yeah the reschedule there is going to happen this weekend great idea keeping uh, every all the racing off of easter sunday so everybody can get to that time with their family so Hopefully everything works out well for Johnny and Cody and the Southern Big Buck Nationals is another huge hit like it has been in previous years. Yeah, and that's big purses down there. It's, oh, it's in, in the box class specifically. It's $10,000 twin Friday. Then Saturday, they run two races uh, against to let everybody get home in time for Sunday. 15000 to win the first, 10000 to win the second. So if you are jonesing to scratch that racing itch, you can head down south. The weather's going to be nice. Southern Big Buck Nationals, uh, again, no problem. Raceway, Bell Rose, Louisiana, Friday and Saturday. Jed, we also use this segment of the podcast to uh, introduce some new upcoming events, some some things that are going on with the podcast itself, with the show. And I don't know exactly when or how we're going to fit this in, but this idea came over, I think, via email over the week. And it's a good one. So we're going to integrate this at at some point. Uh, Again, friend of the show, Jay Holmes, had uh, emailed us with an idea for the podcast, and we love this. Basically, his idea was retro drag racing phrases. So again, I'm not sure exactly how we'll bring this in, but we're going to share a few. We want some feedback from you guys, some good retro phrases that we can include on the show in a future episode yeah jay had a really good idea there it was cool and (laughs) uh, you know we had a few little in our our group text between you mark and myself you mean our production meeting yeah our (laughs) production meeting Mm -hmm. we had a couple that we threw out there you know i've been racing myself luke since 1984 so you know i've heard a lot of a lot of things over the years the lingo has obviously changed a lot over the years but in some circles 
Well, I mean, yeah, you're right in some circles. Uh, you, you can get to some tracks where I uh, still got an old timer or two, and you still might hear some of this stuff. But a couple of the things that just immediately come to my mind when we were talking about this was the bleach box. You know, you, boy, you hear you used to hear the bleach box all the time, and I guess way back when they put bleach down or whatever to help them generate smoke and heat and whatever else. But you don't hear it called the bleach box very often anymore, and sandbagging oh man that was that was my favorite and when the sandbagging really started happening you know probably in the late 80s early 90s where folks started holding numbers and uh just really racing a different way than people had seen that sandbagging oh if you were a sandbagger oh man they hated you they hated you so bad did i've been well no i can't that's not true. I wanted to say I've been disqualified for sandbagging. That's not accurate. I have mm. been I've been warned and reprimanded for sandbagging. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a story that I've told on the podcast. Uh, Maybe I'll save it for this episode just as just to tease that. That's a real thing, depending on where y- you go. And you how. know that's a very good point. That, <laughs> and that that was recent enough that it, it shouldn't wasn't have, that long ago. Yeah, <laughs> no, was, that was a good time. And then of course dry hopping, and we're seeing the, the hashtag team dry hop. Uh, people when they get to the final round are, are being required to take a dry hop by somebody in their group. So dry hopping is making a comeback of sorts. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have some fun with this. Like I said, we can't take credit for this idea. This was brought to us by Jay Holmes. Shout out to Jay. Uh, Some of the ones that Jay included in his email. How about furnace brazed fins and that torque converter? That's that's one of them good ones. Oh, I I think I can take it a step further. Did you ever have a Vega converter? I was about to say Vega. Uh, That was one you wanted. I got one. Just get me a Vega converter. Yeah, that's all I need. need It'd be a touch looser because obviously that was built for a V6 and a Vega. Ninety ten drag shocks. Oh yeah. And I know some of you are taking exception to this. Like, hey, I got ninety ten drag shocks on my foot brake car. Right? I, I, I get it, but that's just a touch outdated. And one of my personal favorites from my days as an employee, when the the only time in my life that I've had held down a real job at Huntsville Engine. How about that three quarter race cam? Oh, man, yeah, the three-quarter race count. That has legendary discussions around it. I, <laughs> I love to hear people talk about three-quarter race cam. When we would get a phone call with a customer telling us that they either needed or had a three-quarter race cam, like it was company policy to just immediately hit hold, stare at each other, and say, man, I wonder what that thing would run if you put a full race cam in. <laughs> it runs that good with three-quarter? You put the whole thing in there, it'd be good. <laughs> and I see Mark has made us a note here <laughs> that he's got 90-10s on the Nova. So, hey, sorry, you can't, Mark. I, no like, I'm pretty sure Comp Engineering still sells them. You remember the ones you had to press them together and click them? And you could go from 50-50 oh, yeah. to 70-30 to 90-10? Like, I... <laughs> Mark's, Mark's updating us now. He says, Yeah, I took those off. I got straight 9010s now. Nothing but the good stuff for producer Mark. Uh, some other ones that came to mind for me. How about that blueprinted carburetor? Oh, man. You know, yeah. Have a good one like that. Yeah, man. I sent that off. I got a blueprint. <laughs> Like, I mean, did they sit down with the paper and, like, draw out, this is what your carburetor is supposed to look like? Like, is that how you blueprint a carburetor? What goes into that? And then we know. could go right from, you ever watch Dazed and Confused, the old yeah. uh, the 70s movie? 
about Matthew McConaughey in there. Yeah, man, got some pizza cutters on the front. I don't even know what that come from, but that's like your front runners. <laughs> get them pizza cutters up there. Yep, the old pizza cutters. Uh, Got to go so, with low profile, short, you know, little little narrow front tire so, and pizza cutters. So we we need to turn to the listeners, <laughs> y'all. Uh, some of you guys that's got some old phrases, some things you you remember from back in the day, or maybe they still talk about it at your track. Who knows? But you need your input. Come to us on our Facebook page and give us some of these retro sayings that we can use. We're not sure how we're going to fit it in the show, but we'll definitely use them at some point and sometime. Yeah, let's be completely honest. Like our creativity is pegged from the podcast tournament. Like that's as good as we can do, guys. So well, you're going to have to give us a few weeks to recover, but we will come up with something. We will use this because we will have fun with it. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. So, Luke, this is a point in the show where we uh, will talk about the final thought. And obviously this is starting to wrap the show up, but you got some things that uh, were on your mind that you wanted to talk about here in the final thought this week. Yeah, I think we got another fancy drop from PJ. PJ, you can make my final thought sound good. Let's drop that right in here, Mark. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's deep. It's this week's final thought. All right, so Luke, again, talked about uh, wrapping up the show. and want to talk about your final thought for the week. And this is stemming from a post that we saw on DragRaceResults.com about track prep. And uh, you immediately had some thoughts that you wanted to talk about in the final thought. Yeah, let's preface this by saying that we kind of had this on the docket for a week or two, and like I was all fired up when I first saw this post. I'm like, oh, just tee it up for me, right? I got this. And then, again, that was a couple weeks ago. Like this morning, I actually read through a lot of the comments on this thread, again, on the draggersresults.com bracket talk message board. And uh, I was, I guess, pleasantly surprised to see that a number of racers, like more than just one, had kind of articulated basically what I wanted to say. So obviously I'm pleasantly surprised because I think they're right, obviously. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Makes sense. With that said, I kind of got this teed up, so I'm just going to kind of go off on my soapbox. Anyway, you guys can bear with me. Let me preface this by saying that I don't know that I've ever prepped a racetrack. Now, before you say you goody two-shoes, like I have scraped a few right? I did work at a racetrack when I was a kid. I just don't think that Mm -hmm. they ever actually trusted me with the traction compound. So with that in mind, I don't really and truly, if you're going to be honest, I don't know the slightest thing about what goes into making a good starting line or a good racetrack in general. And as a racer, I rarely pay attention to what they're doing out there. I just largely trust that they, being the track crew, is doing what they think is best, And I, again, just trust that because let's look at it this way. Like, I don't expect those guys to tell me how to drive my race car or what jets to put in the carburetor. So I ain't going to tell them how to prep their racetrack or what traction compound to use. Okay. Makes sense. I don't know the first thing about it. So let me say two things. First off. I truly, in my heart of hearts, believe that no race official anywhere is trying to provide anything less than a perfect racetrack for a lot of reasons, but two mainly. Number one, they want everybody to be safe. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. And secondly, and maybe even the stronger feeling among a lot of those track operators that I talk to is they don't want that reputation of having that questionable racetrack or that bad racetrack or that track that doesn't work when it's cold doesn't work when it's hotter, whatever the case may be. Now, 
in saying that, I realize that some racetracks, and I guess by extension, some officials fall short in this area, uh, you know, short of perfection, okay? But I don't think that that means that they're not trying. And perfection is an unrealistic goal. And it's a standard that, like, you just, you can't hold anyone, specifically track officials, too. In fact, I would argue that they don't have a responsibility to provide a perfect racetrack at all. Ultimately, that's our responsibility to do one of two things, either figure out how to get down the racetrack that's in front of you, or sometimes, way more importantly, to realize that we cannot get down this racetrack for whatever reason. So if and when your stuff won't go down the racetrack, I would say, first off, if there's anybody else on the premises that is getting down that same racetrack, look at your stuff. Like, that's not an indictment on the racetrack. That's an indictment on you and your car or me and my car that it won't go down it. Okay. And then maybe if there's not something wrong with my individual car in that instance, maybe it's time to reevaluate what I'm doing. Right. Like, maybe I'm at an ET range that is not appropriate for my car or not the best way to go about this particular event or at this particular track or whatever the case may be. And last, like if you're just in a bad situation and for whatever reason you cannot fix it, like you cannot make your car go down said racetrack, then the last resort is to vote with your wallet and race somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying, I, I guess my rant here is, I don't mean to jump on Scott or the guys at DragRacerSults.com or anybody that posted on this thread. I'm not saying that this is a discussion that shouldn't be had. I just don't really think it's a discussion to be had among racers. Like it should be among track operators and employees because they're going for the same goal. And those guys, I guess, in theory, should reach out to a small number of racers for feedback. The problem, as you well know, Jed, with being a race director is if you ask for everyone's opinion, you're just opening a complete can of worms, right? Just make it worse, yeah. So I guess, you know, in, in theory, you'd like to see the the track staff work with a handful of racers that they could trust with maybe a handful of different cars to figure out what seems to work in certain situations. But I don't think it's anything that we as racers should necessarily burden ourselves with because in large part, you guys are just like me. Like we don't know what's going on unless again, there's significant communication and maybe that's the answer. Like, but for me personally, like I just tend to wait until I'm asked to respond because the last thing that I want to do for my track manager or any event that I'm attending, the last thing I want to do is share my opinion like loudly when I don't realize that I'm in the vocal minority, okay? (laughs) Because that just makes you look dumb. So there are variables within our control and there are variables beyond our control in racing and I guess in life in general. But this is one to me that as a racer is beyond my control. Like, what I would suggest and what I try to do is test, like figure out a way to get my combination down a less than optimal track. And when I do that, when a track gets cold or hot or sketchy at certain points in an event, I don't look at that any differently than I would look at a dramatic swing in weather. Like it's often a somewhat predictable variable that I have to account for. And if I do a better job of accounting for that than my opponent, then that less than perfect condition 
actually becomes an advantage. So I guess what I'm saying is I feel like track promoters and track officials have a responsibility to safety to some extent, but the responsibility to safety and the responsibility for perfect track conditions are not one and the same at all. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. That very well said. And I, I go back to what you said earlier in the final thought about when you look around, you know, I've experienced my share of problems at uh, a racetrack or two and trying to get down the track. And when I look around and see cars not only going down it, but cars either as fast as mine going down it just fine or faster going down it, how can I blame <laughs> that on anybody but myself and, and try to figure out what it's going to take for my car to do what their car is doing. So, no, I think you were spot on with that, Luke. And uh, we're very quick to blame it on the racetrack, but it's not always the racetrack's fault. Well said. Should we wrap this thing up? Yeah, that does wrap us up. Uh, great final thought. And that brings us to a close for this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. And definitely want to say thanks to um, our sponsors, Sabret Performance, the AHRA, uh, Porta Tree, and the Spring Fling Galat. Actually, no, we didn't have that one. We had uh, This is Bracket Racing Elite this week. My apologies. I, I messed that up. But, we can uh, shout out the Spring Fling Galat. They're a loyal yeah. podcast sponsor. Yeah, we love those guys. So uh, <laughs> shout out to them and shout out to uh, our man, PJ North. PJ awesome killed it drops. this week. Shout out to JJ. Yeah, our, uh, my man. our official Sportsman Drag Racing podcast correspondent, right? Yeah, that, right? that is that is him. He nailed it first time out and uh, looking forward to more with him. And shout out to Shelby Walker for being the car owner of the, the big 15K winner. At yeah, Gulf. I wanted to throw that out there. Sorry, Shelby. Shout out Shelby Walker. <laughs> my Back bad. to JJ, man. He that was it. in blue. I should have let that go. But, uh, I don't know where he gets that from. He's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he's twelve, so uh, he was a little nervous, but we're gonna we're gonna make him a little bit better each time out. Looking forward to it, and he had he had a good time with it as well. But guys, I wasn't don't forget buttering him up. I could not tell that, and I don't think our listeners could tell that. So if it gets better from there, that's that's even that's awesome. <laughs> well, guys, be sure to uh, reach out to us on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. Well, don't forget, we're looking for those uh, retro sayings, some of that old stuff, bring it back from the old days, some of those things you used to hear drag racing lingo-wise. <laughs> Be sure to drop us some notes and let us know what uh, is in your bag of uh, phrases. And you can also at us on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I, and I am at JP11X, and we love the the interaction there on the twitter as well so be sure to reach out to us yeah and pull into the bleach box warm up your tires get some heat in that vega converter with that <laughs> three-quarter race cam and see what you got for us oh uh, man yeah <laughs> one last thing before we go guys if you the listener would like to be kept up to date with information on the latest episode of the sportsman drag racing podcast you can do that in several ways but the easiest is to subscribe to my weekly eighth mile email in addition to podcast notes, this brief email includes the latest news on Luke Bogacki Motorsports, on thisisbracketracing.com, and various 
typically random things that I personally find interesting. Books that I'm reading, videos that I've watched, quotes that inspire me, basically anything that catches my attention. I promise not to take up too much of your week. You guys know how I like to ramble. I keep that to a minimum in the 8th Mile email. A thousand words max every week. You can parse through it in a couple of minutes. If that sounds like something that you would enjoy, you can sign up by visiting thisisbracketracing.com. The link, again, for the 8th Mile email is on the right-hand side of the homepage. You guys take care. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. See you guys. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.